What up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Blacktop Podcast. Unfortunately, Christian had to work, so Ruben and I are two men gaming it today, but that does not mean it is all sadness because after today, as we're recording this, the NBA playoffs are officially set. The play-ins are done, all the seating set, and starting today when you're listening, the playoffs are starting, man. First of all, Ruben, bro, end of the regular season, bro. Like, the real shit's about to start. How are you feeling about that? I'm feeling good. I just want to give everybody some context. Me and DJ are literally recording this right after watching the Clippers, the ending of the Clippers and the Pelicans game together. And that was, I just want to say, which we'll probably get into, but, like, awesome basketball all week long. Like, I'm so happy that the playing tournament has worked. And I was someone who was really vocally against it but i think they won me over and i'm just pumped because like this is good because the parody in the league is so good we're gonna see some really good basketball i'm excited for it tomorrow man i'm excited i'm pumped and did you hear there's gonna be like they're looking at doing a mid-season tournament see now i don't know about that one i i just want to know like what's it for though i'm curious yeah i think what it's it's well it's mostly to spice up the games during the regular season. I guess. But yeah. In my opinion, I think they should prolong the season a little bit, shorten the games, make All-Star break a little bit longer, bigger events. That's my opinion. Um, but I digress. All right. From there, though, let's talk about the play-in real quick. I guess we'll go. we'll go day by day. So the first day we had... Cleveland Cavaliers and the Brooklyn Nets facing off in the first game and then we had a big old stinker honestly well it was yeah. the the Hawks and the Hornets right yeah I think that was on Wednesday Tuesday was the other west side so west side that would have we been... had the Wolves and the and the, and the yeah Clips. dang how can I forget that because the that was a great game. The Minnesota Timberwolves won the NBA championship that day. <laughs> Just before you we were recording this, I was like, yo, DJ, so I think the Wolves are going to win the championship this year. <laughs> what do you mean? They already won it. Oh, my God. I was actually even thinking about that, but yeah, dude, good basketball. I mean, let's talk about that first game, though, the Cavs and the Nets. I mean, KD and Kyrie, the, those two are I mean, yeah. speechless off that shit, man. It's... Let me, what did Katie had like 15 or something assists, didn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, I think uh, him and him and Kyrie both had double digit assists, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, Katie had 11, so, Kyrie had 12. Yeah, the guys were hitting that game. I just felt like Brooklyn obviously wanted it more, Cleveland obviously without Jared Allen. And I think Cleveland was a little bit, they looked like a deer in the headlights. Mm, um, you know, I just don't think they were used to that atmosphere, especially that's the first time that I think the Cavs have made it since LeBron left. So it's a very young core group. And we saw how important and or impactful Kevin Love was because he's a guy that's been there for so many years. Um, and then you saw it took a while for the young guys to kind of get their games rolling. But um, damn, I'm not surprised, though, that Brooklyn obviously made it through. Oh, I'm 100%. not surprised. I mean... You see a guy like Darius Garland put up 34. I mean, if people weren't already convinced, I think that's kind of the nail in the coffin that this guy is 
Not that there's it's anybody good. that's denying it, but if you are, first of all, what the fuck are you doing? And second of all, this is a dude that I think it was a couple years ago or a year ago, he was like, quote unquote, statistically the worst player in the league or something like that, just off all the advanced stuff and like that. But yeah, I mean, Darius Garland's legit. I mean, today was a little bit off, but you know, this dude's this dude's gonna be good. Yeah, he's well, he's an all star for a reason. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I you know, if I'm a Cavs fan, I take this as a as a win because this was such a successful season for them. I mean, oh yeah, if it weren't for the injuries, they're probably still a top six seed. Um, I don't know who falls out because Toronto obviously had been playing so well as of late, and then Chicago obviously went on that huge. they went on a hot start, so tale of two different halves. But I think Cleveland falls in that radar if they were they were healthy. This is a much better team, and um, yeah, I think they should take away a lot of a lot of uh, good stuff from from this uh, from this season. I mean, you had you had an all star. You had you have Evan Mobley, who is clearly going to be a great player. Um, he might actually win Rookie of the Year just based on some of the votes that I've seen that have been yeah, casted. Um, which is rough because I obviously think Scotty Barnes should be. We both of us think Scotty Barnes should be the rookie of the year. But again, really successful season for them. And yeah, I think Brooklyn had all the pressure to make it, right? So they should have been there, and they are. So it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think. And one more thing about the Cavs, they were slated to win like twenty or so games. So I feel that, yeah. you know, unless even not to say that. They weren't capable of this, but I feel like unless you were like a hardcore, almost delusional Cavs fan, I don't think anybody really saw this coming. So yeah, I agree that, you know, might not have been the greatest ending considering the placement you're in, but overall, I still think that's a crazy successful season. Speaking of a team that uh, had completely crashed uh, from having a a decent season, at least, the Hornets. I mean, that game was over from the start. you know, Lamelo was off. All of them were off, and I don't know. There's just considering yeah, that Trey Young didn't even have that good of a game. I mean, that that team's definitely there are definitely a lot of holes that got showcased. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. I think each pretty much said it best. Not much for me to add there. They're probably going to make a lot of changes this off season. They have some guys that they're going to have to pay also. Um, and I don't know if Michael Jordan's willing to pay. Um, so we'll see. I, I didn't think they were going to be a very. I didn't think they were going to be a very competitive team. I think out of all the play-in teams and all the playoff potential teams, I just thought they were the most lacking team because hmm. I think that they lacked experience. I think that they lacked um, good overall pieces that help you win in the playoffs and help you win in big games. They have a lot of flash, but not a whole lot of substance. If you can get what I'm picking up, so yeah. uh, just how I felt about that that team. Um, I know a lot of people love Lamelo, but yeah, these are two two seasons in a row where obviously he's been a really good regular season player. He's an all star, but you know, obviously he's young, so he's going to go through these reps and he's going to go through the failures before he finally finds some success. But yeah, it's it's um, he's uh, definitely under the spotlight a little bit now. Yeah, I think. The main thing they're lacking is just somebody to I think to really anchor the defense because they have so much. They're they're kind of like, I think of them. Obviously, this is a really big, drastic comparison, but they're a lot like the Nets, where 
they're not going to beat you on the defensive end. They're going to beat you by outshooting you. And I think that, you know, that's that's good for the regular season, but come playoff time, when you really got to depend on getting stops, that's not going to cut it. Especially if you got, you know, Montrez Harrell and Mason Plumley as your centers. Yeah, well, it's difficult, too, when your main guys aren't Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who've proven it at the biggest mm-hmm. stage and won championships. So those are two guys that can carry you to a championship with their offense strictly. But we also saw that they are also very capable of defending on the other end, right, when it matters the most. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's much left to be said about the Hornets. I think they're going to make some changes, and we'll see. I don't think that team is going to make very much noise next year, to be honest. I think the East is pretty damn packed. I think it's a, it's a, I think it's going to be a really, really good um, deep conference again next year. Um, if, if, and, if, and everyone is healthy, but, um, yeah, uh, Hawks, Hawks, I'm glad, <laughs> excuse me. I'm glad the Hawks, you know, were able to make it in, but I guess we'll talk about that game in just a second. So. Yeah. All right. So the other nine ten was the Spurs and the Pelicans game. I'm not going to lie. Yo, DeJounte Murray looked like a shadow of himself. I heard that he lost like. 13 or so pounds when he had like that little sick leave though so i don't yeah. i don't blame him for having you know after not playing basketball for a few weeks and just going straight into basically playoff basketball i mean unless you're kevin durant not a lot of people will be able to like perform at their peak yeah that's a super young team though i mean, I don't even think they expected to be in the plan <laughs> i don't think they did truthfully um yeah because we all know obviously we'd love to slatter the lakers on this podcast um, we are not Lakers fans. Um, yeah, the Lakers were supposed to be there, and they basically, sh- you know... Shot the bet. They sh- yeah. I mean, they basically made a mess all over the place, and um, I don't think the Spurs were even expecting to get in the play-in. Um, it's not three years in a row now that they're in the play-in? Two years? The Spur- well, the, the play-in's play-in only year. been for two years. They've, they've been in it both years, though, yeah? The yeah, Spurs. they've been in it both years, so... And there is a rumor that Pop might not come back to the bench next year. He might hang it up. That's what I saw. But I heard that too. I don't know. I think uh, again, it's. I think they're in this. I think they're in that boat with the Cavaliers, where I think they're. It was a good game too, right? It was a really good game. Um, so yeah, I think it's a young team. They're going to learn from this, and then I think they're going to come back better next season. I think Dejounte Murray obviously proved all year long that he's a superstar or capable of being a superstar. I really like their young pieces. Um, Kelvin Johnson, Josh Primo, uh, Devin Vassell, Lonnie Walker. I mean, Jakob Pertl, I think his season went under the radar, but he was one of the best defensive bigs all year long. So, um, yeah, that was that was a good, that was a good game, actually, to, to watch. The Pelicans and the Spurs. It was back and forth. Yeah, no, I mean, CJ, CJ showed up. I mean, yeah, this is a dude that was like, playing second fiddle his whole career and now we're seeing him flourish in that number one lead guard role and like next year if zion plays that that team's gonna be scary for sure yeah well that's why they acquired him right they needed that guy outside of bi and obviously eventually zion when he gets healthy but you need a lead guard that can command some attention and they caught it and it proved to be a pretty good move for them obviously the last excuse me last two games and um, again, just showdown again tonight against against the uh, um, the Clippers. Sorry, uh, brain fart. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, 
you make you make the move for the best player, and, and then you kind of just figure it out afterwards. And I think they uh, they they're reaping the benefits of that deal. No, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, their team looks a lot more complete now. I mean, that and they're they've gotten a lot of other rookies rookies this year. I mean, Herb Jones. A lot of people are saying. I know Doris Burke was even saying she wanted to put him on her all defensive teams, and the way he plays. It's not uh it's not far fetched, I'll say that. That and Trey Murphy was a guy though, I was not that I was surprised or anything, but I think considering how much of the spotlight what little spotlight the Pelicans had for their rookies went to Herb Jones, seeing Trey Murphy be able to still carve out a role on this team was very nice. And I think with the with Zion not playing the entire year, it was a blessing in disguise in that, you know, Opportunities, everything in the NBA. I think as Zion yeah. plays, Herb Jones doesn't get as much run as he does, and we don't see him be this potentially, not necessarily defensive player of the year like mold, but a dude who will hundred percent be one of the best wing defenders in the years to come. I mean, again, all the length that that team has—that's that's scary. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, with that team, it's it's. Uh, I think they're in the. I think they're in that fence of like young team, but they also have a lot of really good talent. Hmm. And I think they're, in my opinion, I think they're in that same boat in the Western Conference as the Raptors, where they have a really nice core set of guys that you can build around. The only difference is that championship experience. They haven't gone that far, um, but like they have that nice core group of guys that you can build around for a little bit, and then you have that young talent they can put around that. Um, I'm interested to see how they do against in this series against the Suns because I think they have a really they have their roster is actually set up to cause problems and or match up pretty well in terms of just if you're talking about attributes alone. And so I'll be interested. I still think it's going to be a fairly short series, but I think they're going to be really competitive games. Um, in terms of Herb Jones. He reminds me a lot of Mikael Bridges. I was saying that too. My homie was saying he thinks Herb's like a little more athletic though. Definitely. Definitely. But they have that length. They have really good awareness on the defensive end. I think they have, uh, they're very glue guys on the offensive end too. So they can kind of fit in anywhere. So those molds of those Mikael Bridges, Bridges, the the OG Ananobis of the world, like those are the guys that you can plug into any team. They'll find success anyway. Um, so that's really valuable. So I think Herb Jones is going to be a guy to watch for a couple of years. Oh, definitely. I think that, and I think he should definitely be. Maybe not. Actually, no. I'd put him first team on rookie, honestly. Like, even above guys like Jalen Green, honestly, considering he had more consistent season. But one of the last teams in the plane we're going to talk about, your 2022 NBA champions. Oh, the man. Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean... I, I understand why, why Pat Bev got, like, so juiced up as he did. I will say, though, I think the only reason the Clippers lost that game was because Reggie Jackson wanted to play hero ball. You know, Reggie Jackson, I mean, we were talking earlier, dude's got a bag. But that bag is best showcased when it's in a controlled scenario and not when he's out trying to, like, do the whole team by himself. No, I agree. I think, like, they're good pieces to put around your star guys. Right, and they showed that they're very capable of doing that. Um, but you know, without the star guys, there's not much you could do, right? So, um, but I think that was a really good sign. Like, I think this play on was a really good sign 
and even their season, all year long, they were competing for a playoff uh, for a playoff spot, right? They've been eight, seven, eight, flirting with seven, eight all season long. Um, so you add Paul George, and I think if Paul George played tonight, I think that takes them over the hump because you have the best player on the floor. Um, it's too bad that he was out with COVID protocols. I mean, you kind of forget that that still exists right now. Yeah, but. I mean, when was the last time? I can't even remember the last time I heard of someone getting in protocols. But even yeah. on top of that, I heard a couple of the Bulls assistants are in protocols too. Yeah, so it's 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 really weird what's going on right now. I think um, there have been very few reports of like guys, you know, getting caught with COVID protocols. But it's just the timeliness of it, you know. Yeah. I think if PG played tonight, I think we're it's a completely different story because I don't think uh, actually Herb Jones has been good, but I didn't think that the Pelicans would have had anyone to no really slow Paul, him down. Or Herb Jones ain't clapping PG. No, no. So uh, different story if the star guys are there, but it's a good sign if you're a Clippers fan because mm. you plug in those stars, you have an awesome like awesome supporting cast. Batum was awesome all night. Covington. Uh, you have Zubach, obviously, if you want to play big. Norman Powell, who's proved to be an offensive, like, a smart plug every every night. Luke Kennard actually was out tonight. Yeah, so that's another guy they're missing, a, their best shooter. Exactly. <clears throat> so they have the pieces. I think this is a championship contender when those guys come back healthy um, in the Western Conference. So I think there's a lot of positives you can take away from playing because, mm. you know, even though these guys don't make it, it's a little bit different now. Um, because you're playing for games that are meaningful and you can see, like, you can actually kind of evaluate where these teams are at. So we saw the Clippers and Cavs, you know, those are teams, even the Pelicans and the Spurs, a lot of good, like, upside. And the Hornets, clearly a team that has a lot of holes, like you mentioned, that uh, they need to address in the offseason. So I think the playing is good for everyone involved. Yeah, I think it makes the season competitive all the way down to the end. It's not like, because, I mean... If you're a player that doesn't get much burn through the regular season as it is, you know, when you have those minutes, you want to make it like you want to make it count because you don't know who's watching. And I think yeah. the playing is perfect for that because these are all it makes every game, even if you're like 20 games behind, even there feels like there's like still some chance you can get it. But from yeah. the playing, let's talk about who we got for each series. So I'm just going to call out a, a series. Ruben, you tell me who you got <coughs> and in how many games, and we'll go from there. Oh. All right, Heat versus Hawks, the one seed in the East and the eighth seed that we just found out tonight. So, uh, <clears throat> if it wasn't for the circumstance of losing Clint Capella, I was going to say Heat in six, um, just because I think Miami's, uh, or sorry, I think the Hawks are actually more competitive than I gave them any credit for. But without Capella, you lose that kind of guy. <clears throat> Excuse me. You lose that guy to, uh, you know, obviously offset some of the stuff that Miami does really well in the offensive end and um, to match up with Bam Adebayo. So I'm going to go with Miami in five, even though that's only a one-game difference. But the difference between five and six is pretty big, actually, if you think about a competitive series. So, yeah, I'm going to um, I'm gonna run with uh, Miami in five. Man, How about yourself? You just go right off Trey Young like that. This is a dude that was the first to lead the league in points and assists since tiny Nate Archibald. Come on, bro. Heat in four. <laughs> no, I think that... I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. Clint Capella, as it is right now, is their second best player. I think that's without a doubt. And I think the thing is that if Trey Young ain't on shit, 
your whole team ain't on shit. And I mean, Kyle Lowry's been known to be not only just one of the best defenders at the guard position overall, but this is a guy that has the ability to turn it up in the playoffs. I mean, he's an NBA champion for a reason. I think he's going to complete, not necessarily completely clamp, because I was, I think Trey Young's on that level of a KD where you don't hope to like completely shut them down, but you, you know, everybody says you want to make them score twenty points but have them take twenty shots. I think Kyle Lowry's going to do that to Trey Young, and when you have the also the additions of guys like Tyler Hero. And I mean, Jimmy Butler is going to have a field day if they don't if they don't have Clint Capella being their like regular rim protector. Bam Adebayo is going to feast. I just think that, you know, the Hawks are a team that should definitely not be in this position. But I mean, we always preach that there's a lot of luck that also goes into like winning a chip. And, you know, the cards just aren't in them for this year. Yeah, agreed. But alrighty, uh. Let's talk about, in my opinion, I think this is probably the best series for the East. Boston and the Nets. Well, I would disagree that's the best series. I think this is Celtics and six. I have Celtics and six. Defense is really good. Best defense in the league. Um, They also have the star power to offset some of the things that Katie and Kyrie do. Plus, just a better overall supporting cast, in my opinion. But I wouldn't put past the Nets to also win in six. So, we shall see. I think I think this is probably also a series that goes seven games. But I don't know the, the margin of competition in some of these games. Like I feel like there's going to be games where they're just slobber knockers. And some games where they run them out of the building. Because I think that what Brooklyn does so well can't be... It's what what Brooklyn does so well is what what um, the Celtics do so well at stopping, right? So I think there's that bit of offset, which is why I lean towards Celtics in six. So yeah, I, I think uh, as much as I hate the Celtics as well, I'm going to uh, lean towards the green. All right, I respect that. Uh, okay. For me, I have like kind of an asterisk, and that if Robert Williams the third is back there, the Time Lord. Celtics in seven, if not Nets in six. I believe their their series went to five games last year, right? Jason Tatum got yeah. got one of them, but I think considering that they didn't have Jalen Brown, you know, as it is with a lot of things, you can put an asterisk next to that. But I just feel that without having their main anchor there and having to rely on Al Horford as kind of your primary big man in the front court there, I just think. It's going to be a big shootout. Obviously, the Celtics have one of the best defenses, but again, when you're missing that anchor, this is a guy that won, I believe it's called the the Tommy Heinsohn Award for the Celtics, yep. and it's like, you know, the guy that shows the most hustle and grit. Not having yep. that guy to, like, defend your rim and be one of your primary defenders is definitely going to be a struggle. So I feel that this series, I agree too. I I think it's hard to judge if there's going to be, like, complete blowouts or like wire to wires but i think based on the the assumption that robert williams will not be there i think it's just going to be a shootout where it's like not necessarily about who's getting the stops but who's able to keep hitting their shots all the way through and we've seen i mean as a bucks fan i think a lot of bucks fans are delusional as fuck in like writing off kd not necessarily that they do, but some of them were like so quick to see see the Nets are trash. But 
Kevin Durant almost single-handedly by himself with Kyrie on a bum ankle, James Harden with one hamstring almost single-handedly beat the Bucks, and I think him having Kyrie back. I'm hoping it's not revenge season because evidently you know who you know who I want to win, but obviously, yeah, I think <laughs> again. So if Robert oh. Williams is back, I'll say Celtics in seven because I think there's no way that that series goes less than six. But yeah, if it's as these rosters are now, I got Nets in six. Yeah, we we also forget that the Nets have a much better supporting cast than they did last year. Oh yeah, they, and. I believe Shams reported that that Ben Simmons is is uh, eyeing a return by Game Four to Game Six. So, obviously, it, his level of play and where he can, how often how much he can play, he's going to be on a minutes restriction. Yeah, I feel like I I don't I wouldn't play more than like eighteen even. Yeah, but Ben Simmons on the floor just changes the whole dynamic of your team. I think <clears throat> I think we talk about Brooklyn being this awesome offensive team. But once Ben Simmons is able to hit the floor, you have one of the best defenders in the game, right? And and if he's 18 minutes, four minutes per quarter, you can have him in closing time against, uh, you know, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. That that just changes the whole dynamic. So um, we all have to see because by that time it could be too late by the time he returns, right? Hmm. So Anyways, I just wanted to bring that up. But, yeah, I think uh, that stand. it'll like completely open the game up for KD and Kyrie. Plus, exactly, I think another person like a lot of people are quick to write off is a person that, in my opinion, I think really swayed the trade in Brooklyn's favor is Seth Curry. This is a guy that yes, you know, statistic or not statistically, I guess kind of statistically, but by percentages, Loki a better shooter than Steph. But not only that. This is a guy that's been able to have carve out a role in wherever he's been to. He's been able to play alongside yeah. so many superstars. I mean, Dame, Luca, you know, obviously, you know, James Harden now, you know, Joel Embiid. Even at that point, this is a guy that I think is poised to have a really good run, just based on the fact that a lot of the defensive attention is going to go towards KD and Kyrie, and with that, that's going to like that's going to have a lot of shots open for that man. That and Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown's really been like. Yeah, he's been very numbers. good. But he was talking that crazy shit, so I don't know if he's going to stick up that first round. But Yeah, I don't know about that either. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it'll be an interesting series. I think this was, this one's unpredictable. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, know, I know I typically would want to say, like, take the team with the best player regardless of the positioning. But I just, I just, I have faith in the Celtics' defense. I just think their supporting cast is really good i think they just play so in tune with each other i think Emi Odoka has flown under the radar in his first season as a head coach hmm. um yeah I, I i like what they're doing i think Marcus smart also enhanced his game right he went from being that doggy defender to also adding that playmaker badge basically hmm. um this season yeah i just i just i just i just have a better feeling about the Celtics this year and they've been playing like that all season long. I mean not all season long, but they really turned it around and they found their identity and once they found it they kind of just kind of ran with it. I mean they're, they're they went from the 10th seat to the 3rd seat for or to the 2nd seat for a reason, right? So yeah. that and I think it's going to be I feel like is this this is probably the first time at least in my memory maybe even NBA history where like an assistant coach from last year is coaching against his team in like the playoffs the very next year. I think that's going to be interesting to see, considering that 
Ime Udoka is obviously familiar with the Nets system. Not saying he's going to be able to like fully guess their game plan and shit, but I think that's another thing that outside of just the regular player versus player thing, I think is something to really watch there. But from there, Bucks and Bulls, the three seed and the six seed. Rubes, what you Yeah, have? Bucks and four. That's what I'm saying too, yeah, yo. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I just don't like Chicago's chances. I mean, can I? I want to say this, and I know it's we're talking about playoff predictions here. But when 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 Chicago went on that really good run, they were playing a, a series of teams that weren't very good. And when Demar was hitting game winners, that was Indiana and Washington. Um, I love Demar, like the next best person. But a lot of their success has just come from taking care of business against bad teams. <coughs> And they've also been the worst team against elite teams all year long. They have one win. One win against a team at the top three in either conference, if I'm not mistaken. So, Something like that, uh, yeah. It's like a really it, bad number. They're awful. They're not that good. And without Lonzo, right, um, Lonzo is a huge piece of what they do. And I think Milwaukee, in my opinion, is just heads above everybody else in terms of talent, in terms of play style. Um, I think... I said this last year, and I'm, I said this last week, and I'm wrong. They have the best player in the league today. Um, they have the best supporting cast. Brooke Lopez is back. I think Budenholzer has turned into a very good coach after being um, a, a pretty shoddy coach. I think he's he's. I think he's just made adjustments better. I think overall as a coach, he's improved as well. Um, yeah, I'll say it now, and but we'll talk about it later. Like Milwaukee is my favorite to win the chip this year, so. Um, and I'm not blowing smoke up DJ's ass just because I love him <laughs> and he's a fan, but yeah, uh, yeah, there's nothing left for me to say boxing four. Yeah, me too, man. For me, I feel like the main reason why though, is just cause I think Giannis and Brooke are going to completely shut down the paint. And from that, they're going to make the bulls turn into jump shooters. And I looked this up before they're, I think they're up there for three-point percentage, but they also take, like, the second least amount of threes in the entire league. And well, because their best that, player operates yeah. in the mid-range. Yeah. Considering that the NBA, especially now, is a three-point league, <clears throat> considering that, you know, granted, you know, I think DeMar DeRozan is going to have a good series, like, counting stats-wise, but, I mean, we've seen how he's decent in the playoffs, but he's still, he's never really been that, all-star you see throughout the whole year and we even saw that in like the latter half of the year where you know he was still solid but obviously considering their record and how everything went wasn't very as there's not as there's not as much fear i'll say this guy went from being in the mvp conversation just being like you know one of the good happy feel feelsy stories of this year but i will say if there's a reason they win one game. I think it's because Zach Levine, this is his first time in the playoffs. This is a guy who's like, in my opinion, is should be when he's healthy and everything is all hunky-dory. I think he's like a top five shooting guard, low-key. Mm-hmm. And I think him yeah, being in the brightest lights and him always having wanted to be there, I think... I'm ex- I'll say this. I'm excited to see Zach Levine play in the playoffs. I just hope he doesn't completely dog us for one game. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, when you have firepower, you probably will. Um, I think if there's a chance they can take one game, just because you have a lot of firepower, right? Demar, Zach Levine, Vucevic. There's got to be at least one game where those guys are going to go off. So, yeah. I mean, I'll stick with my four prediction. 
um, because That's I just think they have That's enough. I, just, I think they just have enough to, 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 even if they go on a hot streak and they have some firepower and they just go off one game. Uh, Milwaukee's been through it all already, so nothing is going to surprise them in the playoffs, I think. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Ruben, you know what it is. The Sixers and the Raptors. Yeah, this is this is what I think is going to be the most exciting series because of the fact that uh, Joel acknowledged it as well. Uh, this is the best team that's ever defended him in terms of like yeah, in terms of game planning. Um, that Toronto also beat them in the season series by three to one, but Philadelphia has the best two players of the series. Actually, no, I think they have the best player. I think Siakam's the second best player in the series. James Harden has not looked like himself. And, um, you know, he says that he's feeling better health-wise. But they're not a deep team. And Matisse Thibel cannot play in Toronto because he's... How are you half-vaccinated? Bro, I thought Matisse Thibel seems like the last person that would be, like, partially vaccinated. Yeah, he's an an intelligent young man. Either get both or don't. Then, But, anyways, whatever. Like, we can... That's a political, political conversation that... I don't want to have. Um, Thibel can't play at least games three and four. So that removes your best wing defender, your best defender against a guy like Pascal Siakam. Um, so that's a problem. Who's going to guard him? Fergan Korkmaz? To- Tobias Harris? This is house money. They put Joel Embiid on him in the last few games, and also Siakam cooked him because he's just way too fast. He's way too agile for a guy like Joel to cover. And as, as big and long pause as Joel is um he can't cover <laughs> he can't cover that ground that Pascal has and Pascal is an all NBA teamer this year um should have been an all-star he's playing out of his mind he's having a better season than the than the year that he did make the second all-team NBA and the all-star starter um and I think their supporting cast is super good so I think this series goes seven and I'm gonna lean either way here. I'm not gonna say Toronto or Philly. I think it's gonna be a seven game series. And I would love if it was Scotty Barnes catching it with four, three, two, one, bounce, 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 and reenact it all again. But I think, yeah, this is a really good I think this is gonna be a really good series. I think what takes them over the top is their defensive game plan. I think Nick Nurse is just three times better of a coach than Doc Rivers, but I don't think people want to uh acknowledge that. It's not like you know Nick Nurse has not let up like two three one leads ever. I mean, he's not the coach with the most three to one leads lost. Yeah, I ever. mean, if if one of the greatest <laughs> coaches of all time, Phil Jackson, says these fuckers blow leads in the fourth quarter, you know, there's something, there's something iffy there. There's an issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll lean either way because I think at the end of the day, Philly's got the two best players in the uh, just names wise in this series. Um, so. Uh, you can't write them off, and I'm a little bit shocked that a lot of people are leaning towards Toronto to win the series, and I think Toronto also has... Sorry, there's so many things to break down here. Toronto's playing on house money. They have no pressure to win the series. People expected them to win 33 games this year. Now they're the fifth seed. They're playing with house money. Any playoff exposure for guys like Gary Trent, Scotty Barnes, Precious Chua, um, these guys, along with the core that you already have, that already won a championship... It's just house money. Amazing. James Harden, I will agree with Charles Barkley, is the player in the, these playoffs that have the, has the most pressure to win a chip this year. 
And so if he doesn't come out swinging in this first round, there's no way in hell they make it past the second. So I'm going to say that. And Toronto obviously is the best at game planning against Stars. So uh, I'll lean either way, but I'd love for the Raptors to win in seven. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm taking Raptors in seven, man. I feel, Mm. I mean, flat out. Nick Nurse is the best coach of the NBA. This is a dude who figured out Giannis. This is a guy, Giannis was steamrolling through motherfuckers left and right. Nobody could stop the man. And then all of a sudden, the wall. So I think as much as there's so much firepower in the Sixers, like on paper, like, you know, a lot of people would probably say they should wash them. But there are a couple things that the Raptors, I think, have. One, obviously, they have the better coach. And two, they have way better cohesion. This is a team that, I mean, the only really big change to the rotation was probably, what, Thaddeus Young? And he's been amazing for them. Yeah, Magic Johnson, bro! He's been absolutely incredible. And go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing everybody's always quick to kind of write off his cohesion. I think that's the most important thing when it comes to a playoff series. Cause I mean, we've, we've seen where you could have all the firepower in the world, but if there's no chemistry there, I mean, ain't nobody ever like, I mean, this is kind of off topic, but I mean, look at the Olympics, the U S of a, this is a team that is literally filled with MVPs. Everybody on that bitch is going to be a hall of Famer, and they <laughs> lost. Yeah. To teams that, you know, might not have all, like, a whole complete lineup of NBA players, but because there's that cohesion, there's that chemistry there, they're able to pull that out. And I think that the way the Raptors win is by relying on that. You know, they're a team that nobody there is selfish. Everybody there is very much a willing passer. And, I mean, the one person I really hope pops off is Gary Trent Jr. Agreed. I mean, this is a dude... Man, there's not much to say, but I, I just really hope Gary Trent Jr. fucking dogs on the Sixers. I think that would be an amazing thing. Yeah, well, I think people underrate Toronto's firepower because they have four or five guys that can go off for big nights, right? You have Gary Trent, who has scored 40 points on any given occasion this Didn't he year. have a 50-piece last year? I or- believe so. I believe so. No, I think he had a 40-piece. I think it was just a 40-piece. Oh, did he have a 50-piece? I swear. <clears throat> Let's Google this quickly. Yeah, I think he but had it like, last year. As you Google that, Toronto has Pascal. Toronto has Scotty Barnes. Gary Trent Jr. Fred Van Vliet. Right? These are all guys that can go off. Okay, let's see what you found. Uh, it's 44. Idiot. But it was, uh, I will 44. say, it was on 17 and 19 shooting. That's was that against Washington where he hit that game winner too? Oh, uh, no. It was against... Well, this says Cleveland. It might, like, it might be he oh. has it twice, but... Oh, it was Cleveland. Where they blew out Cleveland last year. I yeah. remember watching that game, too. Um, yeah, Gary Trent's a dog, too. Um, we all know he's been very good in the clutch this year. He's been very good in the clutch. Fred's also been very good in the clutch. And Pascal has been just playing otherworldly this year. Um, the difference is, obviously, their bench. Um, Chris Boucher, that young... Precious Achua. These are really good dudes that add a lot of like that add a lot of size and length to that team. They can all shoot. Um, obviously, they all rebound at a high level. Um, and Toronto's way of play is forcing turnovers, getting out in the open floor, getting extra possessions on the offensive glass, 
Um, but then they have the scramble defense, which is really good, that they can actually deploy because they have five guys who can switch everything. Uh, and they do a really good job of rotating on players. And for some, there's a big reason why they have the Philly, uh, the Sixers' number is because the Sixers play a very traditional style of offense. Throw it into the post and play inside out. But that often can't work if you have guys that just switch everything, they double, and they can recover. So um, it'll be interesting to see because that's where, for Philly, Phil, James Harden has to play like James Harden. He has to play like James Harden. Um, because if you don't have those two guys that are threats, all of a sudden you can't just triple team. Uh, you can't just triple team Embiid because then James Harden is obviously a main threat and he becomes a main scoring issue. So, yeah, this will be a really fun, unpredictable series in my opinion. Um, there's so many layers that we can break down about this series, but yeah, yeah man, we could probably go whole an hour about. It. I will say though, yeah. Gary Trent Jr. There was like like a long stretch of the season where he was leading the league in steals. He had two plus steals per game. That's fucking crazy. If he has He's that, a great defender. That translating into yeah. offense, that's going to be nutty. But, yeah, no, that's our little spiel about the Eastern Conference. Let's talk about uh, the coast. We are on the Western Conference. So, let's talk about the one that just got secured. Let's talk about the number one seed, the Phoenix Suns, and the number eight seed, the Pelicans. I will say, I got Suns in, in five. Yeah, I got Suns in five too. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. I think they have <clears throat> some pieces that match up pretty well with the Suns. Um, but I think what obviously takes them over the top is experience and cohesion. Um, and you made that argument for Toronto, and I'll make that argument for Phoenix. Uh, yeah, it's not much to be said. I don't think uh, it'll be. I think it'll be a fun little series where it'll be some fun games, but. Yeah, Phoenix. Phoenix is for sure. Uh, I think they're going to go to the Western Conference Finals again this year. So, yeah, me too. I, I think the one person, or yeah, no, the one person I'm really excited to watch again during this playoff run is DeAndre Aiden. I think, first of all, it's insane that they didn't already give him the extension, but yeah, but Robert Sarver is also an idiot. So yeah, that too. <laughs> That's so all. They've got a lot of issues. They got a lot of issues to figure out on yeah, the but, back end. This is like the first year where I've seen DeAndre Aiden shooting jumpers. I, I'm not saying he's going to do that during like the playoffs, but I think seeing that that's even in his wheelhouse now, you know, that's something that you got to be not necessarily like fully keyed on, but it's something you got to be aware of for sure. And I think if he's able to translate that fully, that team just becomes way more dangerous because, I mean, you got Booker, who gets a three-level scorer, CP3, who's a three-level scorer, Mikel Bridges, who's one of the best, like, not necessarily role players, but yeah, three and D players. Yeah, uh, Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder's Jay Crowder, and Cameron Johnson. We've seen he's been able to like lead a team because he had, I think he had what like 40, 40 plus or something on that one night where he had the game winner, and it was like yeah, he's yeah, he just needs to unleash the role a little bit. Like he needs to yeah. be given given that 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 leeway to produce. But he's yeah. good, man. No, Cam Johnson, I think he's gonna, he's going to have another good series too. But yeah, I think. This is definitely going to be a fun series, but just looking at how Phoenix has improved their roster, how they're significantly more deeper, they've addressed all the issues they ran into last year. They're just better. Yeah. They're just better. Yeah. <laughs> they're just better. Yeah. Not much to say about that. Yeah. But all right. I don't know why we're talking about this next one because, you know, the, the, the one team already won already. But we got yeah. the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. In my opinion, I think this is probably going to be the – 
the most fun series to watch for the West, but I have Grizzlies in six. What about you, Ruben? I got Grizzlies in seven. In seven? I have them in seven because these are also two very inexperienced teams, and as good as Memphis has been all year long, even with John Moran out and in, like they're they're roughly the same same thing. And I want to bring up a point. Like Charles Barkley mentioned this on the broadcast the other day. Minnesota's one of the stupidest teams that I've ever watched play basketball, and I agree. Basketball IQ wise, they are so stupid, but they are talented as hell. And they make it very tough, and they're very grimy, and that obviously stems from a guy like uh, Pat Beverly. And when you have like those, when you have those attributes where you can make a game very ugly, and very difficult, and be very annoying and under their skin, and then you have talent like Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and then you have a lot of long defenders. A lot of the times, as much as we don't like to to mention this, like people obviously say, like hard work will help you win games. Yeah, sorry. Like, if a guy is better than you, he's better than you. And while John Morant is the is probably going to be the best player on the floor in that series, like you have three All Star caliber players on the Minnesota Timberwolves, as stupid as they play. So um, I'm going to give credit to Minnesota. I think they're going to make this a very tough series, and an, an experience on both sides. I think it's just going to be fun to watch all the chaos. And there's going to be a lot of shite talk, and I'm so excited for that. So, um, yeah, I'll go Memphis in seven here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Memphis actually ends up winning it in five, just because I think that their cohesion has also been on a different level, which is why they've been able to win so many games this year. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be a long series, and I think it'll be a fun series. Yeah, I think for me, yeah, I pick six just because... I think it's for sure going to be competitive. There's 100% going to be like a signature like trash talking moment where there'd yeah. be like Pat picks out the ball and fucking him and Jaw bang heads through with each other. Yeah, I think I will say though, Cat got exposed in that first play in game. And that was just with like two average defense. Not, not necessarily average, but in comparison to a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr., who's in the DPOY conversation, Steven Adams, who's one of the best rebounders in this league. I think Cat's going to get exposed. Not necessarily in that he's going to have, like, I don't think he's going to go 11 points again. That's just insane. I I mean, knock on wood, that's a one-time thing. But this is definitely going to be a hard series for Cat. They have a lot of length when it comes to the front court for the Grizzlies. And I just think they're just the better-built team. Uh, even, like, <laughs> obviously with the IQ in mind, but they're also able to play without their best player. I think that... Again, a big reason why the the Timberwolves are in this situation is just because Reggie Jackson wants to play hero ball. He wanted to be that dude, and the you know the Timberwolves were able to pounce on that. And I think that I agree. It's going to be a lot of chaos, so I'm excited for that. I just think that when it comes to really getting down to it, and when teams need to buckle down, I would take the Grizzlies just because. You know, again, they're the better-built team. They're surrounded by so much depth. They've got a lot of maturity, even for being so young. I mean, Dylan Brooks was a guy that got drafted that wasn't one and done. Desmond Bain wasn't one and done. Like, John Morant wasn't one and done, which is what a lot of people, I think, tend to forget. So I just think that this is a team that, while young, still has more experience in that they played high-level basketball for longer than these guys that were just, like, in college for six months. 
Yeah, they also have the guy I think is going to be coach of the year, Taylor Jenkins. So oh, he should a hundred percent be coach of the year. Yeah, it's him, and I will say, Chris Finch is an awesome coach too. And and just want to say it's a success story for Nick Nurse because he came from his bench before oh, yeah. Minnesota. Uh, oh yeah, Minnesota poached him. Um, so yeah, I think this will be a really good coaching battle. Um, I think. Yeah, uh, nothing else to add, bro. I agree with you 100%. I think it's going to be a fun freaking series. Mm. All right. From there, let's talk about a team that I don't care Like if you think Steph Curry ruined basketball. The fact that the Golden State Warriors are back in the playoffs is such an amazing thing to see. It's the number three seed Golden State Warriors and the number six seed Nuggets. So for me, I got Warriors at five. I, I do not think it's going to be a long mm. series, personally. What about you, you Rubens? Okay. Why, why do you think it won't be? I just think that as amazing as Jokic is, I think they're going to be outgunned by Golden State. If Curry's mm. back for game one, even if he's not at 100%, I think when you have, considering that Steph, Clay, and Draymond have played like, I don't even remember the number, but I remember prior to Curry going out again, they were only together for like that one minute when it was Clay's like return. And I just think that when it comes down to it, when it comes to the playoffs, it doesn't get much better in this era than the Warriors, I feel. And I just think that that combined with, you know, obviously the whole team's going to be back. You're going to have your big three being able to, like, control the game, make the Nuggets play at their pace. And when you combine that with you have a stopper at every position except maybe the center role. But you got a guy like Jordan Poole who's in contention for, like, MIP low-key. You have a guy like uh, Jonathan Kuminga, who's nice and lengthy. You have a guy like Gary Payton Jr. I just think that as deep as a lot of these teams are, I think the Golden State Warriors are kind of the, what's the word, the measuring stick when it comes to looking at team depth. And I just think that, you know, again, as amazing, as generational, and as historic as Jokic's season was, not having your two best players as well as two of your most highly paid players, I don't think Jokic gets it done. And again, just the fact that this is one of the teams that is one of the like all time has like three, if not like actually no, no way Iguodala is a Hall of Famer. I know a lot of people like to say that, but like three guaranteed Hall of Famers, first ballot dudes. I think they do it in five. Mm-hmm. See, this one is one I'm going back and forth with because on a regular day, I would have said, yeah, DJ, I agree, and nothing else to add. But since we didn't do hot takes, I think Nuggets in six. Whoa, okay. Nuggets won the series in series, and they have a lot of pieces that... What Michael Malone is really good at doing is he's able to counteract what the opposing team likes to do. So they love to gun, they love to run up and down the court. What they've done so well is control the pace. When you have Nikola Jokic as your guy, he controls the pace really well. And I think that's why they found so much success against Golden State this year. It's because they're able to slow the game down. We forget how good of a home advantage Denver is, so when games three or four come, game six comes, you're playing in elevation. So that's always the difficult thing, and that's always been like a huge 
um, positive factor for Denver whenever they're in the playoffs. And I also like the the length that they have on the defensive end. I think Aaron Gordon is you know such an important piece, and we're also carrying a room. I think I don't know if Jamal Murray's going to return. I think that was shut down, right? I think that was shut down that he's not coming back in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure both of them got shut down, yeah. Yeah, so the only reason why I want to take Nuggets in six is because I think Jokic, in line with Steph coming back off the injury, while Clay has also had some good games, this will be his first playoffs. Draymond is still wishy-washy with the back issue. I think I think I like the Nuggets' chances and being able to control the pace of the game. And Jokic is playing at an all-time high. And knock on wood, he hasn't been caught for COVID. He hasn't been caught in COVID protocols all year long. I think he's the one superstar who hasn't been in COVID protocols all year. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. I can't recall him ever being in protocols. Yeah. He's the one player who hasn't been been in COVID protocols. So, um, he's been healthy. Um, so we'll see. They won the season series three to one, and I often like to, even though people are like it's a new season, the regular season does tell a lot of stories. Um, it doesn't paint the whole picture. Dropping all these analogies like Demar Derozan, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, I I really like the Nuggets' chances in this series, and I think. Because they play at such a brand of basketball that the the Warriors hate to play, and Draymond like their their star guys aren't going to be a hundred percent healthy to open this, the the series, and and if you're entrusting Clay to be at a hundred percent right off the bat, um, and I'll be glad to be wrong because I would love to see the Warriors in the in the Western Conference Finals as well this year, and I would love to see them against Phoenix because I think that would be super fun, but. Yeah, I'm gonna run with the Nuggets, man. I'm gonna run with I, the I Nuggets. Respect I'm gonna, I respect that. I respect that. I will say, take. Though, Jokic is gonna average fucking 35 points on Kevon Looney's ass, bro. I'll say that. That's much. what I'm saying. He's That's gonna a dog huge him. issue. He's going to dog That's him. That's a huge issue. He's gonna average 35, 10, and 12 or some shit this year. Like, in this big <laughs> playoffs, bro. Like, he's gonna have some incredible numbers because, like, as good as Draymond is, too, that brother cannot guard Jokic either. The Jokic just is on a different level. And I think I saw the ballots. He might actually win MVP again this year. I, I've heard that. That's what it's looking like, too. Yeah. So, I mean, granted, I think you guys made the argument last week. And I look back at everything, and I actually do agree that I think Jokic and Giannis are more deserving of the MVP than Embiid. Yeah. Embiid's um, cool and all, but... Giannis and Jokic are having historic seasons again, yeah, and they're that and, and they're, they're two of the best players on both ends of their team. Granted, it's not like Embiid's a slouch either, but I think just in how Jokic is able to control the game, I'll 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 take like twenty ten and ten over thirty p over thirty points per game any day of the week. Yeah, and the thing it's not empty stats sometimes because Joel can often have some empty stats and have big yeah. games, but. He doesn't control the pace of the game like a Jokic and a Giannis do when they literally, when they are literally um, initiators of the offense and they are your back lines of defense. Um, and even though Jokic isn't nearly as good defensively as those guys, he's had some really com- like really good clutch moments. I remember against Toronto where he blocked OG at the buzzer. So, mm. you know, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with my hot take. 
I'll be glad to be wrong because I want to see Steph Curry back in 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 contender status. Um, but man, I, I yeah, the Nuggets play a brand of basketball that I really enjoy watching. They control the pace of the game. Jokic has been awesome. I'll leave it at that. Hmm. I think one last thing to add. I hope Bose Highland has like a super nice highlight from like. I totally forgot about him. From, from they don't have an answer for him. They Bo- won't have an answer for him. Like this is a guy that a lot of people will say has some of the best handles, and he's like not even really been in the capacity to fully showcase that. Not that he'll be able to in the playoffs, but I think having that kind of guy will make the game a lot easier for Jokic in that it's not just a bunch of guys who can be standstill and get to the hoop. This is a guy that has the ability to shoot at all three levels, and I think that Bones Highland is going to be super important. I mean, that's the whole reason they drafted him, considering that you know he's another player that isn't one and done, so he's a little more mature and just kind of not to say being the placeholder for Jamal Murray, but not saying that he's the replacement either, but just being another solid guard to add to that already solid team. Yeah, 100%. All right. I'm not going to lie. I think it's kind of shitty that we left it on to the last one because I feel like it's it's kind of writing on the wall how it's going to go considering Luka's status for game one. But yeah. uh, Mavs and the Jazz, I think with Luka, Mavs and seven, but considering how it's looking right now, I think the Jazz are going to sweep them. If not, maybe they'll wow. get one since they, you know, they, they still have a solid team, but I, I think... Jazz in four or five. Yeah, I don't need that because Luca is the center of everything they do, right? So uh, you kind of take that away. Um, but you know me, I was I was on the D- Dallas bandwagon for a minute. I, w- I was even saying that they could be the third seed, and I think they could be a Western Conference Finals team. And I'll stick with that if Luca's there. Mm. So. I'll I'll stick with if Luca, let's say miraculously like of all of all the multiverses and dimensions out there, Luca comes back 120 percent healthy for Game One. I have Dallas winning in six, but that it does there's no timetable for his return either, right? Yeah, he's for sure out tomorrow, and they're saying he's like pretty doubtful for Game Two. Jazz and five. Chaz and five. As good as Spencer Dinwiddie and Brunson are good, everything that makes that team so good on the offensive end is because Luca creates that attention, right? Um, We were saying it's about Giannis. We were saying about this about Jokic. Same thing applies with Luca. You take that out. (laughs) They don't. They'll start a chance. I, I will say though. If by some miraculous reason the Mavericks pull this out, Donovan Mitchell should take off his fucking jersey and burn that shit right away. Go to Toronto. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Rudy Gobert rumors to Toronto though? That would be y'all are y'all are contenders if he's on your team. No lie. Well, I don't know who they would trade for Rudy. Well, you're, you'd definitely give up Pascal and probably OG. I'd think. I, I, well, I think no. Definitely not Pascal and OG. I not think altogether, but f- for sure one of them. I, and probably they wouldn't trade Pascal. They wouldn't trade Pascal. It'd probably have to be OG, um, and plus maybe Gary Trent. Um, Would you give that up for but, Rudy though? No, I wouldn't. Because what makes this team so good is their 
Gary Trent is, is is a huge factor, like, of what makes this team so good, his ability to shoot and defend, mm. and their ability to switch. And while Rudy, like, takes them to another defensive level, their whole <coughs> game plan kind of changes if Rudy were in there. So I think yeah, they I think, have to change I think the Raptors' pace split. slows down a lot more. Y'all yeah. should draft that at 7-4 dude from Canada, from Purdue, Zach Eady. Oh, man, yeah. But uh, either way, let's talk about... We're not going to... So if y'all... I'm not if y'all. So, we're not going to kind of just go through like our whole kind of bracket just because that's kind of tedious. So, we're just going to skip to who we got coming out of each conference. Let's talk about the West first of all. Rubes, who you got? I think the West is the toughest for me. So, I am between um, Phoenix and Memphis right now. Um,. Yeah, Golden State just hasn't been so healthy enough for me. I think they'll improve their health over time, knock on wood, but that's obviously a team that I struggled with it all year long. And even with... When they didn't have Clay, and they just had Steph and Draymond, you could see their importance to this team. So the health of... The health, the success of this team is based on how healthy Draymond and Steph will be. Because everything that Clay is so good at is is a result of what Draymond and Steph do so well. So they're my outlier. But I will lean towards Phoenix. Um, and I think we're... I'll, I'll say it. I think we'll get a rematch, but we'll talk about the East once you bring that up. Um, but yeah, who do, who do you have for the West? Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Golden State. I think mm. you know this is a team that, again, has that reputation, has that championship medal, that mentality, and that overall experience. And I think that's something that no team in the West can really match at all. I mean, you know, the Suns went to the finals and everything last year, but, you know, if there's an asterisk for everything, the asterisk is that they didn't go through Golden State. And in my opinion, I have a feeling that's going to be the conference finals matchup. As great as the Grizzlies are, but I will say, if, if the Grizzlies get in there, I wouldn't be like, oh, no fucking way that happened. But I just think that the two teams to beat in the West are Golden State and Phoenix. And I think when it comes down to it, the chef's going to come out. Clay's going to come out. Draymond. Even he himself says, man, I shoot like 40% in the playoffs. I don't know if that's facts. Probably not. But I think, honestly, it's just me wanting to... Uh, Wanting to kind of be nostalgic in the sense that this is a team that for like the past decade has been one of the premier teams. And it would be very nice to see them uh, go back to the finals and uh, get lost to the Bucks. Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, do we even have to say our predictions for the East? Because I think you and I are pretty much in agreement. Yeah, no, no point. I will. Uh, what would the conference finals look like, you think, then? Oh, okay. Well,. Milwaukee is for sure in there. Hmm. Um, and then the other team is, I don't know who. So uh, I think the best best overall uh, path to get there is probably Miami. Probably Miami. Um, actually, no, that's a lie. I because think the Bucks, Bucks would face them in the... They would oh, face, they'd no, face no, them no, in the Bucks. conference finals. They would face them in the conference finals. It would whoever be one and four. Sure. So Philly, Toronto, Miami, um, any one of those three teams. I mean, at this point, it's really 
it's it's. Do I have to put a concrete one on it? You know what? It's the beginning of the playoffs. Toronto and Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals rematch of 2019. Hey, honestly, I can get behind that. I think that'd be very fun to watch, considering that I don't think I don't think the Bucks beat Toronto at all during the regular season, did they? No, they didn't. Um, and both teams were also not healthy in any of the. Uh, and, and oh yeah, the, that's the true too. So I think that'd oh. be fun to see. Um, yeah. Overall, I will say I think the fun thing or my thing I'm most looking forward to about the playoffs is just seeing Brook Lopez play. I think mm. going through like four fifths of the season without him and seeing how well he's adjusting back, I'm very excited to see that man play. Even like low key more than Giannis in some aspects. But in that case, uh, who you got winning the chip then? Uh, Toronto. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I got Milwaukee, man. I like I said earlier. I think Milwaukee wins again. I think uh, even though they lost PJ, they managed to fill that role really well, just by just by um, by collection. Uh, yeah, the best player in the league. You have Drew Holiday's the best defender in the league, the best guard in the league, best guard defender in the league. But he is also a premier guard. Chris Middleton. As much as I, God. I, I, Genuinely dislike him. Bro, why are you uh, hating think... on Chris Middleton? Is it because he yeah, got nodded meant... over Siakam? Low-key? Yes, I, I will yes. say, I, I love Chris, but yes, I would have definitely taken Siakam over him for an all-star spot. Brother, brother. Uh, but Middleton has shown that he picks. He, he just plays well in the big stage. He's, he's a guy that um, is so even-keeled. He's the perfect guy you want to put on a playoff contender. I mean, on both ends of the floor, he's just so solid. Um, and can I just, like, aesthetically, he's got one of the best shots in the league. Oh, 100%. His jumper, his jumper so is so smooth. beautiful. So silky. It, dude. Ah, oh, dude, such a great jumper. Um, he he struggles to dribble the ball, but... Uh, <laughs> no, wait, wait, uh, you can take guys off the I dribble. Feel like, well, I mean, when he's pressured. Yeah, he, yeah. He, when, he, when he is that pressure, he, but I, I think... Uh, when he's when he's get when he creates space in the mid range, um, he's got actually one of the solid solid mid range games. I, I I really like um you know how aesthetic his game is, and I think Bobby Portis took his level, his game to another level, and I think he'll be a huge X factor for them. And um, while I do think the Javale McGee addition to Phoenix is going to be a huge like huge help, um, I feel like yeah, it's like you're you're plugging a hole with duct tape. And eventually, you're gonna have to replug that hole. That's what I think. It yeah, a, a little bit. Um, they struggled because they didn't have that big guy when Eaton went down for a little bit, and when Eaton went out, foul trouble. And Javale McGee has championship experience, but yeah, it's hard for me. To, it's hard for me to to pick against the Milwaukee Bucks right now. I mean, dude, it coasted through this whole season to end up being basically a second seed. Like even though they're the third seed right now, they lost the season series. But Brook didn't play at all. Um, they missed Drew Holiday for like the first quarter of the season. Oh, Chris yeah. Middleton was that missed a play? lot of games. Giannis missed a bunch of games. Uh, Dante Divincenzo, uh, who they eventually traded, but like they had so many injuries and they coasted to a freaking second seed. They coasted to a fifty to a fifty win year, bro. Like as good as Phoenix has been, it's because. You know, I think the level of competition in the West isn't nearly as good as the East this year. And so, 
Um, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's I'm sure you love, I'm sure you love, I'm sure you love me talking about the yeah, Milwaukee bro, Bucks. Hey man, you're just speaking facts, yo. I love, uh, I will I, say though, I love how everybody's like, keeps saying, oh man, you guys remember when, uh, when Kobe lost and then the next year they dogged everyone. I think that is hilarious to th- to like label that already on the Phoenix Suns. Cause first of all, I think. I'm pretty sure you agree with that. I know Christian and I were like, yeah, I think Devin Booker is not as much the Kobe prodigy as Jason Tatum is. And I think that, you know. Yeah, well, he asked also to remove that label. He's like, I'm not Kobe. He's just one of my favorite players. I'm just a Kobe, true, Devin but... Booker. And I was like, you know what? That's fair. But I mean, that's what they're all going to uh, say. But it's, it's like, it's it's so obvious he plays so much like Kobe. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um I mean, and, and, and because he wanted to play hero ball, he got that stripped in the double team and going yeah, back hey, all the way to, hey, Devin let's Booker's work on our game. guy to have seven fouls in a finals game and not foul out. <laughs> yeah, bro, I, I just think they have Drew Holiday, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, Giannis, DeAndre, and then, but matchups are going to be fine. I think it, got, I think it, you got Grayson Allen to be an irritant. I think he's going to piss Devin Booker off and I think that's going to be that good shit. He's been so good for them all season long. He's been so good for the Bucks all year long. Um Yeah, if I were to have to pick like if so we both we both agree that it's going to be well, I mean, you said Golden State, but I think Phoenix is obviously. I think you could interchange that conversation. Of yeah. Phoenix, Milwaukee, or Milwaukee, Phoenix, Golden State. I think, regardless of who it is, I think it's Milwaukee in six. A hundred percent. Fuck else would it be? I'd be sad if it was Bucks at five. You know, I want to go for the six. Yeah, I think. Yeah, well, obviously, it'd be nice if they won at home, right? So. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I. It's hard for me to root against. Milwaukee right now, unless the only reason why I would knock on wood is if someone gets injured, right? So, yeah, hard to hard to oh, it's hard man. to bet against Giannis right now, dude. The, like we said, we were texting offline. If Giannis's pull up jumper is hitting throughout the playoffs, which it has hit all regular season so far, dude, he's playing. He he's experimenting with his game this year. Like people don't realize like how much Giannis was just playing around all year long. They were they were literally there's probably there were four or five passes that could have been passes of the year. Yeah. And they just either like the person didn't hit the shot or they were like, holy fuck, no way that shit is like shit you would never expect from Giannis. Can we talk can we talk about Giannis's like tween tween game this year? Like his ability to freeze guys this year and then pull up for the three, pull up for the mid range jumper. Turnaround jump shot. I mean, he's just, dude, he's, I don't know, man. I could go on. I love Giannis. It all just looks so much smoother. And I think it's not even a matter of him getting better. I think it's a matter of him getting, getting backed. Cause like his rookie season, his shooting splits were pretty solid, especially like, I think he shot like maybe 30, 33, 34% from the three. Granted, it's still hovering around that 30%, but I think for me, the main thing I've seen in terms of Giannis is just his shooting mechanics look so much cleaner. It's not yeah. as kind of clunky now. Well, if he can get to the point where you have to respect him a little bit and you can't just live and die by leaving him open, um, that's the whole different dimension. And like, when you lose PJ Tucker, who's your who's one of the best corner shooters in the league, you you kind of have to fill that that gap. Like, like I just want to put an emphasis like Giannis was literally playing on a playground all season long 
and he still managed to have an historical season. He's also the 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 perfect picturesque for a superstar, like in terms of off the court. Um, so I don't know how anyone can hate a guy like Giannis, first of all. And yeah, I would love to see him win another one. And I think by by you know all accounts, when it all goes down and he finishes his career, I think Giannis will be a top five player ever. Oh, 100%. I think right now even, I think he's 1B for best power forwards of all time. Like, obviously, Tim Duncan's, like, not necessarily untouchable, but comparison to now, kind of. But I think Giannis is so good that he's 1B. Like, obviously, Timmy's 1A, then Giannis is 1B. I don't think there's anybody else that's kind of, not the top of my head at least, who's in that conversation. I mean, a lot of people like to put Hakeem as a power forward. I wouldn't do that, though. I think he's more of a center. But Hakeem's a center. Hakeem's 100%. a center. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, anyways, we can go on for a while talking about Giannis and the Bucks. Oh, but hundies, dundies. I think we both agree that Giannis and the Bucks are probably going to win the championship this year. Um, we might be wrong. You well, obviously who doesn't agree, though. Is Christian. So okay, let's hear his picks. Obviously, Christian uh, wasn't able to join us today. He's out working. Here are his picks, though. So I think, uh, actually, yeah. So for the West Coast, he's got the Grizzlies, Golden State. He put the Mavs down. I don't know if he saw that Luca was injured or not, but that's his pick. And then the Suns. And then he for the East, he's got the Celtics, Bucks, the Raptors, and the Heat. So, you know, a lot of it is very same to us. However, he does have Golden State taking it all. I will say that obviously I don't want the Bucks to lose, but if there's a team I want them to I I don't even say I want them to lose to. If there's a team I would be okay with them losing to, it would be Golden State. I think the only way that happens is if Steph Curry, you know, a lot of people like to troll Steph in that this is a guy who's obviously the greatest shooter of all time, but you know, in the finals or whatever, he gets carried and shit like that. I think the only way they do get it done would be if Steph goes on a crazy tear, like MVP level shit, and he's averaging like thirty plus off like forty five percent from the three kind of stuff. Yeah, well, he's got to. But that's the only way I think they win a championship this year because like the pool is just so heavy. I mean, in terms of the top top half of the teams like Memphis and Phoenix, and then the Eastern Conference like. There's there's really five teams that could actually contend this year, like, um, yeah, there's five teams. I think the the top four, um, Toronto, and if Brooklyn makes it past the Celtics, that's actually six teams. So, no, this is definitely this is one of the tightest. Like, there's not a clear cut winner at all, which I think is amazing considering that not even like. Four or five years ago, it was a lot of people were saying, "What's the fucking point of watching? It just gives you the same shit." Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's part of the reason why I would love Memphis to be in the finals because I would love to see two small market teams battle it out with superstars that are very loyal to their markets between Giannis and and Ja. So um, I would love to see that um, Golden State. Yeah, I would love to see them win. Can't uh, lie though, that that make me sad as shit for us being from Vancouver though. Consider that we miss out on that amazing moment. Yeah, but they'll always hold a special place in my heart. The, the hmm. Grizzlies, regardless, that franchise. I mean, even though they're not ours anymore, they're still their place in history still stands here. So 
Um, that's why I loved when we got Marcus Hall and won with with yeah. Mar- with Marcus I mean, Hall. There's a reason the best jerseys of that team's entire franchise history is from when they were here. Yeah, exactly, dude. Such that's such good branding, bro. And I'm glad that they've rocked them the past couple of years. And I like their I like their city year. one, it, like the homage it pays. It's nice. Yeah, I agree. But regardless, y'all, that has been another episode of the Black Top Podcast. Ruben, you got anything to end us off with, my dude? Man, I'm excited for the playoffs. We're going to bring you some heat content during the playoffs, so stay tuned. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. We love y'all. Christian, we'll have you back on here next week. We'll be talking some ish. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun, fun playoff year, and uh, I'm excited to be spending it talking some ish with these boys. 100%. With that, stay safe, stay blessed. We'll see y'all soon. Peace.